Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing? So good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on The Floor. Welcome to another news episode with The Floor. Our goal here with every news episode is to floor you. So as we're diving in, first and foremost, one of my favorite universes, because I love me some comics and DC and Marvel and anything in between, we're going to be talking about DC and what's coming up there because they don't get as much love as they should be getting. James Gunn and Peter Saffron are building our new DC universes. So get exciting, excited. I guess you get exciting too. Uh, they are going to be transitioning from our old live action DC universes. They haven't said too much on how, but they will not just make those completely obsolete. They're going to be making a couple movies. They're going to be making a Shazam movie and then a flash movie and, Whatever happens in the Flash movie will reset, uh, flowing it seamlessly into Blue Beetle and resetting uh, the new uh, live action. Just like the Flashpoint Paradox. Just like Flashpoint Paradox, which we talk about on next on week. Podcast. Next week, our, our Flashpoint Paradox episode is coming out. So. Come check it out. It's so fun. And get HBO. Uh, we're not actually sponsored by them, but if you love DC, HBO has all of the DC stuff. Uh, what's going on this year, though? Uh, they, James Gunn and I forgot the guy's name. Peter Saffron. It's a new name to me. I apologize. They are. They were asked about what movies are coming up so we can get excited about the next couple. Uh, they say that they're going to be releasing about two movies a year and two shows a year. So we're not going to be getting a ton, but... There are still going to be the Tomorrowverse movies coming out, which we talked about a little bit on our last news cycle. Go check that one out. Um, and there are over 30 standalone DC movies or animated movies on HBO already. Uh, coming out this upcoming by DC is going to be Creature Commandos. I think Eli is going to get really excited about this one. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've actually even heard of them. Mm-mm. But yeah. it, it's kind of like a, another Amanda Waller kind of team. Mm. Creature commandos. So a bunch of weirdos. Okay. Next up after that, we're going to have a TV show called Waller. So it's going to be about Amanda Waller, that psycho lady at the CIA-like place that commands a bunch of You're talking, less uh, than fortunate criminals. Suicide Squad. Yeah. So this show is going to be called waller though right mm -hmm. but that's no, where we know her from is yes. she she is she is the, the the puppet hands she she's an interesting character because she has a lot of layers that will 
what's good and what's evil because she does a lot of very evil things in the name of good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after- justifies the means kind of person. Exactly. Uh, yeah. The one that I am most excited for is this one, uh, this next one. This is going to be a standalone live action. It's going to be Superman Legacy. I know we will not be getting our favorite Superman. However, they have multiple times said this is going to be much closer to the comics as far as Superman being the upstanding, just true blue uh, Boy Scout. Uh, there's different tiers of you know humanity. You've got your obscenely good people, your obscenely evil people. Superman's one of the obscenely good, and then uh, you've got the Joker, who's obscenely evil, and then you've got most everyone else in between. Uh, Superman's going to be as as much as we loved uh, the other Superman movies. I I still got to say they were a little too dark for what I remember Superman to be. So I am excited <laughs> to see what they do here. Um, you want the Boy at- Scout back? I, I want my voice got back. Batman is supposed to be the one who gets dirty. <laughs> Superman is supposed to be the unbreakable one. So when they just, every single movie, every single time you see him, they break him. Well, that just got repetitive and sad. Now. <laughs> After that, there's going to be a TV show. It's going to be called Lanterns. They're going to do Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, two of the greatest lanterns of all time. I don't know how much you guys know about the Green Lantern Corps, but I'm really excited to see if they start diving into the other Lantern Corps as well. They haven't said a lot about it yet. Uh, There's one, this one's new to me, it's called The Authority. Uh, Little is known, well, little is known by Aaron is actually what I would say. Uh, This one's going to be They're Wildstorm characters, which I have never heard of. It's a comics that was bought by DC. And so I think James Gunn is just a huge fan of them. Interesting. He's going to be incorporating them and and kind of giving them the the light. Yeah. Uh, Paradise Lost is Saffron says this is the Game of Thrones type story. Uh, Guys, this is Themyscira, Themyscira Paradise Island, but in a, you know, Adults here style. Do you guys know Paradise Island? This is where Wonder Woman's from. Right. Oh, okay. And so they're going to be doing a, a live action HBO series on that. And they right. were discussing how a lot of these TV shows and movies are going to be between PG 13 and R mm-hmm. um, and low end of PG 13 so as well. Maybe I guess with all of this DC stuff going in, does Harley Quinn factor any of this or is it just its own thing in the DC world? Which Harley Quinn? The series on HBO, Harley Quinn. The, the animated that, series? From what I've seen, that, that cartoon is is a standalone. So is the Spotify podcast, which personally I thought was fantastic. If you haven't checked it out, it's a audio drama. Is that what you call those? What I call it is I call it a, a, a TV show with without the visuals because they did <laughs> so good. But I don't know what that's called. Yeah, audio drama. Yeah, audio drama. Check that one out, guys, if you have some time. What is it called? It's just Harley Quinn on Spotify. Oh, just Harley Quinn on Spotify. Seven episodes, they're 20 minutes each. And they they rewrote some of the backstories and some of the uh, origin, not so much the origins, but kind of just the motives of the characters, and they changed the characters a little bit. But it is a very refreshing take. Very well done. Okay. Next up, The Brave and the Bold. 
This is going to be about... So this isn't going to be Ben Affleck's Batman. This will not be Robert Pattinson's Batman, which they are doing a part two to that one, which will release... They should. The Batman they will. was awesome. That one's, that one's not going to be in this universe, but that's a Batman, you know, fighting and solving crime, like a bat, crime Batman kind of mm-hmm. trilogy is what it sounds like it's going to be. But this one, this right here is going to be diving into Damian Wayne. Oh. And oh, so Batman's son? Also, yes. <laughs> the one he didn't know about for eight to ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also say that they're going to bring forward some of the other Robins that haven't seen uh, the, the big screen yet, which is a big deal to me because y'all know I'm a big Dick Grayson fan. Not seeing him, well, being able to see him in per- or live action is going to be dope. As yeah, dope. I mean, I feel like Nightwing has had a, a big go in in the comics and in animation, but we've never seen live action Nightwing. He is literally Spider Man's personality with Batman's like skill set and training. <laughs> like he's such a good combination of a character and i don't understand why we haven't well maybe we just haven't found the right person well we'll get him in this movie is what's gonna happen i'm really excited i've been waiting Wait, It'll be is great. tom holland gonna be nightwing i hope not he's <laughs> i i don't like when they make so many characters so many different people because it dilutes them it's i have true. like a list of people that i think could do well and we could we could discuss that in one of our treasure rooms at some point uh-huh. Next up, this one's going to be a TV show. There's a character called Booster Gold. He is a accidental, well, he is a time traveler from the future. He's got really fancy equipment and he kind of got stuck here in, in our time period. Oh, this is a bad time period to get stuck in. <laughs> and he's just trying to look cool and like post updates and, and just have a good time in our era from, from, you know, what I've seen of him. Okay. Booster gold, booster gold. He's hilarious. He's just loves to just hang out and goof off, but he's also trying to be a superhero because he's not a superhero from his time. He's kind of a doofus from his time, but all of his technology is so advanced here. He wants mm. to be a superhero. So he's like, well, if I can't be a superhero here, I'm, I'm going to go back there. I don't know if that's going to be their backstory of the live action, but. That's how I know him. Next up, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Do you guys know Supergirl at all? Yeah. Uh, yes. His uh, his cousin, Cara. Is it Cara Kent? Does she go by Kent? Uh, yeah. Normally. Okay. And that's kind of what they're going to be talking about. I. My exposure to Supergirl is she showed up in Smallville for a short time, and then. They did a CW TV show, or I think maybe the show started like on NBC and then it got switched over to the CW. And then I don't, I don't know if they're still making it or not. Yeah, I. Well, to be honest, I stopped watching those about three and a half seasons into the Flash. Uh, it felt like they were just trying to do as much as they could. They made Legends of Tomorrow. They made Supergirl. They made the Flash, Arrow, obviously, and. At some point, it just felt like it got way too diluted, and so yeah, I don't, I don't know there, but they will have a fresh take here coming up in the next couple of years. Last one on this list, uh, 
Eli, mm-hmm. really hope this excites you because it excites me. Live action movie for Swamp Thing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Swamp be Thing great. is so cool because he's a originally a guy who ends up bonding with the green. And they have a different <laughs> a couple different people who have become the green. But it's just so cool because he's a force of nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love watching Batman TV shows where Batman teams up with the green because it's really cool to see Batman be like, well, here's why you should want to help us. <laughs> it's like Batman's arguing with nature right now and winning. <laughs> He's arguing with nature right now and winning. <laughs> that's, that's that's all I have right now. I wanted to dive heavy and hard into the DC universe to get excited for what's coming up. Keep in mind, uh, we still have a bunch of stuff on HBO. I just want to say one more time, guys. Like, there's a bunch of cool stuff coming up. But if you haven't watched Samurai Batman on HBO, like, there's still <laughs> stuff you can watch. All right, cool. Uh, so let's. Uh, Diving back into it, so we mentioned very briefly in January that uh, Wizards of the Coast, which owns Dungeons and Dragons, had announced that they were making some changes to the uh, open gaming license, or what's referred to as the OGL, and we had just talked about it really briefly and kind of moved on. This ended up being like a gigantic bomb that exploded in D&D. So it's very possible that you have seen this in YouTube feeds and heard this on news and like it got really big. Yeah. Um, so I'll walk you through the story here. So the, they wanted to make changes to the open gaming license and there was rumor that they might even revoke the old one in terms of the new. The new one would demand royalty fees at higher prices. It would state that D&D could use anything you created without having to pay you for it that involved the gaming license. There was a lot of dirty stuff in there that would profit D&D and really just rob and cheat out their creators of their creations. Yeah, And so the D&D community went in open revolt, right? There was this cancel D&D movement. There was all kinds of just like uproar and rage and anger within the D&D community. And there were even people at Wizards of the Coast, like who were leaking memos and emails and, and audio recordings to keep the community informed about some of the terrible things they were planning because it really was terrible, right? They were, they were trying to milk their community dry and we had the emails and the messages to prove that that's exactly what they were doing. There was a massive cancellation of D&D beyond subscriptions, which hit their bottom line hard. They suddenly realized we're not going to be making a bunch of money. So then they re- released it. They're like, okay, we heard you. We're going to change a bunch of things. So they went in and changed some things. Uh, but in it, they were essentially trying to monopolize virtual tabletop gaming. So if you're like Tailspire, and they wanted to try to push all of those out and monopolize that space with the new license. So what you're telling mm. me is, and, and I just want to try well, and recap this correctly. D and D got together with all their highbrows and they decided to just screw over the populace and they tried to secretly do it. So they rolled a nat one on stealth. Well, then it's they a got lot of caught. They got so they caught. rolled a nat one on Deception. <laughs> and, and here's where we're at. And and it, it, maybe saying D&D is incorrect. So Hasbro, the giant toy company, owns D&D, well, owns Wizards of the Coast, and Wizards of the Coast owns the intellectual property of D&D. Yeah. 
And so most people, as we understand it, is that there was these high executives at Hasbro and Watsi who really don't play these games. They don't enjoy them. They don't have anything to do with them. Who are just making business decisions to make more money because that's their job. And they were making a lot of decisions to try and make their company more money that would, you know, just by taking it from other people and taking it from their creations without letting them get a piece of it. You know, that's not the way D&D has been done forever. So there was an exodus from D&D during January. After all of this happened, Wizards of the Coast says, we're not going to change it. We have, we, we are wrong. We should not have done that. You are angry. We are losing a lot of money. And uh, so they're like, we're not going to sound like an apology. You are angry. We're losing a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) So they said, we're not going to change the open gaming license. We are going to put 5.1 into a creative license, which means Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, they will no longer own the gaming license for 5.1 and everything they put in there. Mm -hmm. So they have walked back and they have, you know, tried to fix everything they've done. But here's the thing that happened. During January, a lot of people left D&D to try other things, and they're going to be trying other things, and some of them will never come back because they like those other things better. You know, I my, the very first tabletop game I played was D&D, and it was in a fantasy world, and it was something I really enjoyed, and then I would go on to play video games that were in the same world and all of that, and I really fell in love with D&D in that way. Uh, but then it was Eli who interest me, introduced me to Cyberpunk, and we had a ton of fun playing Cyberpunk. Oh, Cyberpunk's awesome! And D10 system for the win. Yeah, <laughs> even though it's in a in a sci-fi setting, which is not my favorite. Like my favorite is fantasy first, sci-fi second. It introduced me to a D10 system, and having played in that, I'm like, I think a D10 system is better than a D20. And so people are going to go out, they're going to try new systems, and they're never coming back. Not because they're angry at D&D but because they tried something and they liked it better. And so they're not coming back. And so it, it this, you know, as D&D as the, the behemoth of uh, tabletop games may have ended this with this move in January, you know, and there were people who were leaving D&D because they're like, I no longer trust them. I'll never trust them again. I'm going somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know? So there are there those two groups of people who will never go to D&D. And as other games grow, they will become bigger competitors of D&D going forward. You know, this was this was a misstep of executives who didn't understand the game and didn't understand the community and didn't understand why they were so big and successful and not understanding why they were so big and successful. They destroyed they, they, they burned down their own house. They're like, we'll make lots mm-hmm. of money. And then the house burns down and be like, now you got to fix all this. And you're not making lots of money, you know? Yeah. Sucks so, suck. Along with this, uh, Cobalt Press, who's been one of their largest uh, content creators uh, since 2006, um, they've written a, a large amount of their uh, core rule books, their campaigns. They said that they're going to wrap up their projects, um, just finish them out to, to what they were supposed to be for anything they've been working on with 5e. And then they are going to start their Black Flag project. There's a yep. code name for this. Uh, they're going to make a new core fantasy rule set that will be open and subscription free to all who want to use it. Yeah, so there's a lot that's going to change. So I don't want to go into any of the specifics about anything beyond that because everything is in flux right now there's going to be new games coming out galore some will succeed some will fail but yeah so in good news 
Uh, season two of Vox Machina dropped on Amazon Prime. It's doing very well and it is very good. But even bigger news, Amazon announced that they have now uh, signed on the Mighty Nine. If you're not familiar, Critical Role, they do a campaign and they create characters. They play through a bunch of adventures and then they create a new characters starting over and go through different adventures. The Mighty Nine is campaign two. And uh, of the three different campaigns they've done, the Mighty Nine have some of the most loved characters uh, by their fan base. And so everybody was very excited to hear that the Mighty Nine are going to get their own show. And it sounds like it will be releasing, maybe not at the same time as Vox Machina, but in the same year. So they'll be kind of side by side. Maybe January, you'll get your Vox Machina. Maybe June, you'll get your Mighty Nine. Mm, Okay. You know, instead of finishing Vox Machina and then going on to Mighty Nine, it's been successful enough to be like, we'll just do two, you know, which will be interesting because it's the same voice actors. But some of these voice actors have a lot of range and you won't even realize it's the same person playing Jester as played Vex. You know, mm-hmm. he won't even realize like that's the same person, same person. <laughs> so, I was uh, talking to my little brother because we were watching that show together, the season two. And I was explaining to him that if there was ever anything creepy or any voices that made your skin crawl, it was probably Matt Mercer. <laughs> oh, that dragon's terrifying. It's probably Matt Mercer. It doesn't say, but I'm just I'm just guessing like that. I remember the first season we had the uh, the artificer had the uh, demon thing going on, the shadow, and uh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Good job. Yeah. So that's the good news on D&D is uh, we are going to get the Mighty Nine. And I was super excited for it. Like, if you do not know the legend of the blueberry cupcake, it almost sounds like if you hear somebody <laughs> say that, it sounds like they're making fun of D&D. But if you know the legend of the blueberry cupcake, like people will look at you and be like, that's how you D&D. It is a mm-hmm. moment of character ingenuity, creativity, and some very lucky dice rolls that creates this incredible as well moment. as wonderful role playing, like yeah, it, yeah, it, it's it's gold. Yeah. The legend My- of the blueberry cupcake <laughs> is absolutely golden, and I am so looking forward to see this animated. Be like the blueberry <laughs> cupcake is coming, man. <laughs> so, all right, um, moving on to the Witcher. Oh, this is huge. So, the Witcher one, the very first Witcher game, they are doing a complete rebuild. This is not an enhanced edition. They're not. Pe- pitching graphics they are redoing the entire game uh on the unreal engine and they are doing it as an open world and uh none of the witcher games have been fully open world yet like they've been kind of zoned and different things like that so one like the the gameplay of the original just wasn't holding up over time they had some innovative things at the time and so a lot of people weren't going back to it but they there are a lot of fans who were buying it not finishing it because the gameplay wasn't holding up, but still wanting that story and everything. And, and with just the, the love of the Witcher games and everything, they're like, you know what? If we fix this and do it great, the fans will just gobble it up. So that's what they're doing. And definitely I'm excited to go back to the Witcher 1. So are you telling me that we will be able to go hunt monsters on the continent together? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be multiplayer, but it is open. So open world means you can just wander the map. Right, mm-hmm. you don't have to no, follow the story. No, no zoning, no areas locked out by story quests and stuff like that. Like it's gonna just... be the Witcher one. Yeah, it'll be the the first Witcher game. So that will be like six missions. Uh, that'll be the narrative. I imagine there'll be a lot more thrown in there. 
Um, but yeah, I think it'll be really cool uh, to to kind of check that out when that comes out. Um, and then the other thing is uh, Brandon Sanderson's uh, Secret Project One published Tress mm-hmm. of the Emerald Sea, uh, and this is super interesting. Um, Brandon Sanderson stated that between seventy and eighty percent of his audiobooks um, of of his total book sales come from audio, and he identified that a- Amazon through Audible has a monopoly on the audio book market. And they are really cheating authors out of a lot of their royalties. And so because of that, he is boycotting Audible with this book because the secret projects are indie published. He's publishing them himself. You know, he did his Kickstarter. He's paying, you know, he's covering the cost of everything. And so he can choose where to publish. And so he's like, I will not publish on Audible because he says in any digital product, he says you expect creators to get 70% and retailers to get 30 because it's a digital product. They don't have to stock it. They don't have to package it. Uh, you know, all of these different things that come with cost. They don't have to have physical locations. You know, a standard MSRP is you know, a retailer ups it up by 50 because they've got location and overhead and employees. Whereas Amazon is just servers and employees, right? There's no any any of those other costs. And so the idea is that creators What's get the, that. What does Amazon charge? So, well, in, in, in like I said, most digital products are 70, 30. But Audible, you get 40 if you're exclusive with Audible. And if you're not exclusive with Audible, you get 20. And he's Ooh. and so Sanderson was like, you guys, these are digital products and you are taking advantage of your monopoly and cheating creators out of their royalties because you can't because they have to come to you. I and have so a question. Sa- yeah. Is he going to still use the same voice actors? Yeah, because that's not yeah, part done. Yeah, okay. so- I'll, I'll buy it wherever he posts. <laughs> but uh, so he put it on Spotify and I think he put it on. I can't remember the the name of the other one. You'll have to look it up. But yeah, so you can just buy the book on Spotify there. But he was trying to direct audiobook buyers to other platforms as a way to drum up competition for Amazon so that they will give fairer rates to their creators. So it was like uh, this attitude. Yeah, it was it was a really good thing. And, and he pointed out, he says, I can get away with this because I am big enough. Mm-hmm. You know, he says all the smaller authors who need Amazon and need Audible to be able to make their living, they can't make this choice, right? They are taken advantage of, they know it, and there's nothing they can do about it. He says, but I'm going to draw attention to this, and I'm going to refuse to be part of it. All right. So, yeah, that was uh, the big news on Sanderson. That's it for me. All right. So, I always got to start out with my corrections from last time. <laughs> um, so for Warhammer, Joe, um, Amazon does not own the IEP for Warhammer. They didn't buy uh, GameWorks. They just have bought global rights to use the IP across their platform. Okay. Last time I said uh, Cavill probably playing a space marine. That's not confirmed. That's just something he has hinted to. Um, but... I imagine Henry Cavill has wanted to be a space marine since he was like 12. <laughs> I I can't remember when he said he first got into it, but I think he was first exposed to like six. Like, oh, so maybe uh, younger. Maybe younger. He saw, he was, I, I think he saw the little figurines when he was six. And he was oh, like, yeah. these guys are cool. You know? Yeah. Um, but like, uh, 
there's a rumor that he might be playing an orc. And if that is true, we will be getting a completely different kind of Cavill altogether. Yeah. Um, but like I said, that's just a rumor, but it's just not confirmed. I think he's trying to just play it tight to the chest uh, to have a well, big... May not, may not even be playing it tight to the chest. He may have a non-disclosure agreement. You can't oh, say yeah. anything, right? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Unless you're Tom Holland, and then you can say it, but you didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> All right, on to Alien news. All right, Noah Holloway's Alien TV series is in pre-production and looks like he has his scripts. Uh, looks like when he finishes Fargo season five, this will be the next focus of film for him. The film will take place at the end of this century. This will be before Ripley's time. This will be on Earth, and there will be no recognizable characters other than the Xenomorph. In Marvel Alien Comics, they're going to end their current line with Icarus in February and then start a new line, uh, like relaunching it, and it's going to be on a frozen moon where they will thaw out a Xeno, and, you know, it'll just... It, it do won't go what Zeno's dudes. That's <laughs> yeah. going to go completely fine. It's like Jurassic Park. Like mm-hmm. we're going to do this. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the previous ones, we, we've had the same writer, but we, we're getting a new writer for this relaunch. Uh, D. Kalan Shavli. I don't know how to say that name. He's known for illustrating comics such as Deadpool, Moon Moon Knight. Thunderbolts, X-Men Unlimited, and 28 Days Later. So he's been a big illustrator for a long time, and now he's going to start writing for Marvel and the Alien comics. It's so weird that Marvel has Alien now. Weird. (laughs) In Prey news, Prey was the biggest release on Hulu, um, scored 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, was up for a collection of Golden Globe Awards, but took none of them home, clearing over half a billion minutes streamed in the first three days reached over a billion minutes streamed in under two months. Amber Midthunder was on the carpet of Variety when asked, when do we see the sequel? And she says, I don't have a date for you. This is not an announcement, but I'm not saying this is not uh, alluding to that. She is in talks to making a sequel. Um, If and when this happens, this will be the first of the Predator films to be a direct sequel. Now, you may argue that AVP Requiem is a direct sequel. However, we don't get any of the same characters at all from AVP. Only the body of the Yaucha is infected by a Xeno. Okay. Yes, sir. The last Mm -hmm. scene of the movie that that Xeno that comes out of the Yaucha is in Alien... Right, spread it a requiem. So I would argue. Plus, I actually right. spent like half an hour explaining to my roommate how good a movie Alien Requiem is because you got this <laughs> random predator dude like on his first patrol ever. It's just like, oh my boys, totally effed up. If I don't go over there right now and stop this infestation, all of Earth is going to be over overrun by this disease. Cool. This is my first mission. I'm going to go mm-hmm. in and do that. Mm-hmm. Wolf is way underrated. Anyways, back to you. Uh, There are other kind of crossovers, such as Kevin Hall playing the jungle hunter in the first film and the city hunter in the second film. Uh, But these are two different predators. 
or you've got Shane Black, who was a soldier in the first film and directed the fourth film. But none of these are really direct sequels. But Aaron, you you can keep your argument. I understand. We're probably going to get a prey to. Moving on to Cyberpunk. So Cyberpunk 2077 just got a new update. Uh, is increased their frame rate. I think it's similar to the same thing they just did with The Witcher uh, last mm. time. Joe had said that, you know, they're framing. Right yeah, I imagine better. they're they're going to go through and do it to a bunch of their games. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's more of a more efficient kind of a thing, right? Um, I imagine with with uh, Cyberpunk being a later game, it may have already had the graphics update in the original release, and so this was maybe nope, just they they just dropped. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they did it to The Witcher first, and then they just did it to Cyberpunk. Uh, in Cyberpunk, uh, they've picked 14 winners for their music contest out of 8,000 submissions. 14 new tracks that will be in the expansion Phantom Liberty. This will be CD. <clears throat> so th- they're having a new radio station and they picked 14 songs to be on the radio station. In the game, you can listen to the radio. Phantom Liberty will be uh, CD Projekt Red's biggest budget expansion to date. I'm hoping that this means that this will be a very large expansion, not just to pay off the actors, such as Idris Elba, Keanu Reeves, and Sasha Gray. That being said, their last big budget expansion was Witcher 3, Blood and Wine. That added about 40 hours of gameplay. Jeez, that's like a whole game right there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll be underwhelming at all. I think it will be quite an expansion. Moving to Cyberpunk Red, the tabletop. They have a new source book dropping at the end of February to mid-March. It's called Black Chrome. We'll have over 170 new items. There's weapons, gear, and vehicles. We're going to be getting some pretty interesting clothing and armor with lots of fun features. With the recent D&D OGL upset that they have addressed, uh, addressing their own, right? Um, they're saying that they're working on it. Uh, they're not confused on what they should do, but more what they, uh, how, how to do it. Uh, so they're, they're working their, uh, their contracts, their, their, legal their gaming contracts. licenses. Yeah. Mm, yeah, so they're, they're like, yeah, we, I imagine we, everybody in tabletop is like, okay, what D&D did was wrong. Let's make sure we never do that. Everybody mm-hmm. goes with the legal. Let's, let's, let's yeah. not have the fans find this and get rage at us like they did at D&D. Yeah, right. You lose your fans, you lose everything. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, they've been around since the 80s. So this is not yeah. the first time dealing with these bomb or earthquake like events that happen in the tabletop world. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, if they were around from the '80s, they had to deal with the satanic panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. and they and they survived it, and that that's a big thing. I imagine the satanic panic killed a lot of tabletop games, you know, and D and D barely made it out alive. And yeah, then they I, came back and did this. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. they were satanic all along. Jeez, I remember you the first. Money. <laughs> I remember the first time uh, Wizards of the Coast was upsetting me is when they started buying everyone else out and converting their game to the D20 system. To Um. the D20 system. 
Yeah. And and I was just like, it's not the best system. There are a bunch of great systems. Stop. Yeah. And they're like, no, but now it's nice and universal. And you're like, no, I no, want my yeah. different worlds. I want my different systems. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I've, I have never played tabletop, uh, shadow run, but I, I do know people who like, that is the best system. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they, and it's, de- it's not a D20 system at all. And like people, it's a just, D6 system. Yeah. Yeah. And P- there's a lot of people who just love the Shadowrun system. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the current system was, but back, uh, the last, uh, edition that I grew up playing, it was you roll how you get so many dice in a dice. Well, let's say you have seven dice. So I get to roll seven dice. And if my target number is eight, sixes will explode um and you just need to get uh one or more dice over your target number so to achieve an eight you need a a six that follows up with a two or more right a two or more and you might need two of those dice that do that and that's how they would do that is that everything in your universe eli it is all right real quick to wrap up i'd recommend we all offer our favorite non D&D uh, role-playing game to recommend. Now that everybody's looking for different things, might be a good time to say, hey, here's some we've tried that we enjoy. Um, I mean, Pathfinder is very akin to D&D, but is not D&D. So if you still want to be in a fantasy world, and if you don't want to like feel like you're... Because the first time you dive into a new game, all the new mechanics and stuff can be overwhelming. And so to just kind of dip your toe out of D&D, I think Pathfinder is a really good place to go. But you've also got to keep your eyes open going in because like, you'll be like, 80% of this is just like D&D. And then you, then every once in a while you bump into something and be like, that does not do what I thought it does at all. I'll be like, yeah, we're not in D&D. Be like, oh, right. I remember now. <laughs> so, um, Obviously, I, I could suggest cyberpunk. Um, I'm learning uh, Dune right now. Um, and then uh, I also want to get uh, Free League. They produce Alien. Um, and, and I want to try that one out as well. So uh, Dune is a 2D20 system. Um, but it seems like it's going to be a little bit more advanced because you're not going to just play one character. You'll have one main character in a house and the other players will have one main character in their houses, but you will have minor characters in their houses. That's so So. complex. So it (laughs) it, 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 it might not be the the one. What was that game called? XCOM. XCOM. (laughs) Yeah. That one. Like he loves to guide like seven people around at once. (laughs) Well, I imagine Dune is, is very, it is very politicky, right? And that's why you've got other people in other people's houses as you're trying to gather secrets and tilt uh, perspective and decisions. Done, eh? <laughs> so imagine, that's what I imagine the Dune tabletop. Eli will probably tell us more uh, as he dives in. So, All right, thanks for listening. Well, I didn't uh, even get a go. He went first. <laughs> he no, didn't I say asked one. the question. Oh. <laughs> Apologize for asking. Apparently that was going first. My two that I, I want to try that I've heard great things about that I haven't tried yet. Mm-hmm. One, The Witcher. We've talked a lot about this one. I think. Oh, that that's right. There is a I Witcher love the monsters time. in their universe and I love the, the magic balance there. And then 
Chris, we stream with him every other Wednesday on his channel. Uh, he always talks about playing Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. And he has been raving about it. And apparently that was really fun. Well, and, and to be specific, that's the uh, Cataclysm uh, Catalyst. I think I can't remember whose that is, but there there is a myriad of the uh, Cthulhu games like uh, the same company that does Dune. They do a Cthulhu game in Roman times. Oh, well, now I have a third one. I want to <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope, as always, that you were floored and that you are considering yourself now floor people just <laughs> like us. So, And uh, we would still love to get some feedback from uh, our listeners about how they feel about the news episodes. Like I said, we introduced this a while ago. People are listening, but we don't know how you feel about them. Is this something you want or do you just want lore dives and you'll seek out this stuff on your own? And that's how you want it. Let us know because uh, we're creating this content for you. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us why you like listening to us. Is it our awesome deep dives? Is it our amazing back and forth? Is it our charming good looks? What would you like us to add or change? You can put that in the review as well. We read reviews. Yeah, and if you're going to be leaving us a review telling us what you like about it, maybe you even want to share the content with your friends. Uh, Like and share on social media. You can join us on Twitter and Facebook. We post memes. And we actually started a Discord, so come play with us. So uh, a lot of the worlds we cover have a retcon. Uh, if you're not familiar with that term, it's reconstruction. Or sometimes we might uh, use a bad source for some of our lore research. And if that happens, uh, feel free to email us at floorfantasyandlore at gmail.com. That is floor spelled F-L-O-R-E, fantasyandlore at gmail.com. And if you're angry enough, we'll read it on the air. yes we will also the treasure room is now available we have locked a few secrets for everything we cover in there and each week we add more and uh, you can find the treasure room on patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore and how do you spell that Aaron that's lore with an F at the beginning so it sounds like floor but it's not the floor you're thinking because it's our floor uh, we hope you enjoyed your time on the floor. Uh, think about your favorite part of the episode. Now, think about your nerdiest friend. Who is it? What is their name? They want to know about the floor. Stop holding out on them. Go and tell them about your favorite part. Because all of this is more fun together.